Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this episode is all about how to reduce aches and pains, especially joint aches and pains, hips, shoulders, also elbows, feet, wrists and back, but especially hips and shoulders are two really common areas that a lot of women in perimenopause in particular tend to find aches and pains and niggles with. Also knees are quite common. So this episode is going to be just a bit of an overview of various points that can help with these struggles. And you can pick out bits that could be useful. And I would recommend just trying even one or two things from what I'll go through. And hopefully they can be of benefit to you. But feel free to get in touch as well if you have any more questions after listening to this episode. Before I start too, if you haven't yet left a review for this podcast or shared it with someone you know, please, please do. It's harder and harder for podcasts to grow these days without people doing that. And I so, so appreciate it if you can leave me a five-star review. If you have recommendations for things I can do better as well, let me know because I really want this to reach more people and help more people. So your feedback is hugely appreciated as well. But let's dive into the episode. So there are various factors that can cause aches and pains in our joints over time. And some of the key ones are the hormonal fluctuations that we experience in perimenopause. The loss of muscle that we experience from the age of 30 onwards, as we start to lose muscle, the joints are less supported, they have to do a bit more work, there can be aches and pains as a result of that. We have to get wear and tear over time as well in cartilage in the joints, and that's that kind of covers the surface of the bones, and the cartilage can wear away a little bit over time. If you've done sports, you've done running, you've had any injuries, that can mean cartilage is worn down too and that can also lead to inflammation and pain over time. Dehydration and lack of sleep are two common factors that can impact it as well. This again can happen a lot in perimenopause when just things are all over the place with our sleep patterns and potentially drinking water may not be a habit that you're good at doing, may may just be not top of mind, and that can often make quite a difference. And then we've got things like just having a a non-optimal posture, having a lack of alignment in our body, like we tend to easily get over time imbalances in our positioning, in our muscles, which can mean that we're not fully operating with equal strength and positioning on either side of the body. So you might have like one arm stronger or one leg stronger than the other and one hip's more mobile, one shoulder's more mobile, that kind of thing. And that can often lead to then aches and pains as well. So how can we help with this? Like, What can we do about these common factors? Let's go through them one at a time. So firstly, with hormones, we want to support our hormonal health. And one of the key ways that we can do this is through our nutrition, as well as hydration and sleep, really, when it comes to hormones. And of course, when we're in perimenopause time, potentially exploring hormone therapy, HRT can make an incredible difference. I'm going to focus on practical step with nutrition in this episode, but that's something obviously to bear in mind if it, if you are in perimenopause. 
But with nutrition, what do we need for healthy joints at any stage of life? One of the key things that can help is oily fish or an omega-3 supplement if you don't eat oily fish at least two to three times a week. Best types of oily fish would be salmon, but also mackerel, herring, anchovies, sardines. And if you can include them regularly, they are fantastic to include for so many reasons, particularly here for the omega-3 that they contain, which can support joint health as well as heart health, brain health, various other aspects of long-term health. If you don't eat fish three times a week, then an omega-3 supplement can be a really helpful option instead. And then we're looking at other fats as well. So healthy fats for the body, the, the best quality ones we can get would be extra virgin olive oil, oily fish, nuts and seeds, eggs and avocado. And if we can include preferably two to three different healthy fats on most days, then we're getting enough of that good quality nutrition to support joint health as well as everything else we're getting tons of different vitamins and minerals and antioxidants from those those foods as well they're just packed with stuff that is so so good for us for joints but again for brain health heart health and so much more so variety of healthy fats is really beneficial as well and then in other nutrition factors fruit and veg different color fruit and veg as well one of the benefits this will bring is it gives us more hydration just through those foods being pretty full of water but with the different colors of fruits and vegetables you get you're getting different vitamins minerals antioxidants phytonutrients plus a whole ton of fiber and all those different vitamins and minerals in particular can help us to have just optimal health like they are used for so many different processes in the body and if we want to feel at our best and support the kind of regeneration of cells and everything else that our body needs to feel good and not be in pain, we need all the nutrients that come from different fruits and veg. So there are so many other benefits beyond that. But for the purpose of this episode, I won't go into them. But different fruits and veg, as many as you can get, particularly vegetables and that variety of colour will make a big difference to so many things. And then thinking about muscle and supporting our muscles connective tissue the body needs protein to repair and rebuild almost everything in the body but especially our muscle so eating enough protein is going to be really key to make sure we feel good as well and reduce our risk of aches and pains protein in each meal is really helpful for maintaining muscle which we naturally lose from about the age of 30 onwards as well so that keeps us strong it helps us also to have more stable energy levels, blood sugar levels. So it's very supportive to weight loss. And I've got other episodes talking about the many benefits of protein. Also check out my Instagram page for more info on that. I very recently did a, a post on protein and I post it every few months just so that people see it and get the reminder. It's a set of graphics you can swipe through. So you have the visual of different protein foods on the first slide and then you can swipe through to see ideas for what to have in each meal and all the reasons why it's so important for us as well so check that one out and there are different episodes in this podcast series talking about protein too so you can scroll through and choose any episodes with protein in there for more information and then moving on from nutrition sleep and hydration like how could we potentially improve both of these with water first of all looking at how much you're having is helpful two to three liters a day is often quoted as the optimal amount to have 
in reality, it looks like this can vary for different people. So it's really helpful to look at the colour of your urine to see, like, is it pale? Is it straw coloured? Very light colour, yellow, but only a hint. If it is, that suggests you're well hydrated, so you may be fine. But if you think that it's quite dark, or if you just you get headaches, you feel a bit stiff, and you think, I maybe don't drink as much as I could, then it is well worth trying to have more water and just see, does that help? Does that make a difference? Preferably drinking more earlier in the day is helpful as well because it's otherwise very easy to end up waking up in the night to go to the toilet. So how could you do that? Is there an easy way to to make that a habit? Because many people just tend to forget if you're not in the habit of doing it. So some of my clients have found it helpful to do things like have a reminder set on their phone just to go up every every hour to start with even for one week just as a reminder to to drink water go and get a glass of water if you haven't currently got one other clients have found it helpful just to have like a post-it note on their fridge or their cupboards even a little sticker on their car so when they get in the car they've got the reminded to just take a drink of water from the bottle they will have with them something on the laptop screen if you're working so that you've just got something visual to prompt you to go and get a glass of water if you don't currently have one or have a sip if you see that reminder. Having a nice bottle as well, like a chilli bottle, something to keep your water nice and cool that looks pretty as well, can just make it more enjoyable to drink. It's nice and fresh and cold. So that's one part of it. And then with sleep, following a really calming evening routine is a massive part of getting enough good quality sleep. Going to bed at the same time and having that wind down beforehand where at least preferably for half an hour to an hour before going to bed, not looking at screens. And if you are looking at screens, you've got, you've got the blue light filter on or dark mode on your phone, preferably avoiding those screens at all and having a book or something else that you can focus on that's not giving your giving that light emitting into your eyes, which can impact melatonin levels and make it more difficult to either fall asleep or stay asleep. Something that many people don't know can be helpful for their sleep is to make sure that your evening meal has a good combination of carbohydrates and protein. So many of the women that I work with will sometimes cut carbohydrates out of their evening meal because they think it's helpful for weight loss. Sometimes it can be, but if you struggle with sleep, it's helpful to try having a decent serving of carbs at dinner along with a source of protein because those two can combine to help increase tryptophan which is the precursor to serotonin and serotonin helps with your sleep so carbohydrates such as rice potatoes pasta sweet potato beans lentils chickpeas including that in about a quarter to a third of a plate serving size along with a source of protein such as meat or fish or tofu that is taking up another quarter of that plate and then lots of veggies in there too can make a meal that actually then gives you a slow release energy through the night stops you from waking up with low blood sugar levels or anything like that and just helps with releasing all the the hormones and chemicals that we need to have a good night's sleep and then reducing caffeine can make a big difference in the afternoons and avoiding alcohol if you think alcohol may have a bit of an impact for many people it does and it it can feel like it helps with sleep because it can kind of knock you out but the quality of sleep is usually vastly reduced when you have alcohol so testing out do you sleep better without a drink could be really helpful as well and then that sleep and hydration 
then means your body gets with the sleep, the recovery time that it needs and the really good quality deep sleep where it can repair and restore and help to regenerate muscles and connective tissue and everything else to reduce that pain and to recover from injury. If you have an actual injury that is causing you pain, then good quality sleep and hydration are massively helpful to focus on to quicken up that recovery. And then moving on to talking about imbalances and alignment issues in the body. So alignment is something that we often don't really think about, but this is really helpful to spend a bit of time just noticing your posture in different situations and how you tend to sit when you're at your desk or when you're on the the couch or sofa, how you tend to stand if you're just waiting around. Like often we can stand more on one leg. We might always sit leaning on one side. Maybe you've got a favourite part of the sofa that you sit on, so you're always leaning that way. And we tend to carry things more in our dominant side too sometimes. If you have a handbag, you might always carry that on one arm. And we can often just have these little imbalances that we're not really aware of. And then because we're doing that, we're shifting to one side in some way, we just get a bit stronger and tighter on one side compared to the other. And that can often lead to niggles over time. So keeping aware of this in itself is really helpful. And if you just notice, hey, I'm standing on one leg or I'm leaning more to one side, just bringing yourself back into what feels like central alignment can be really helpful. And switching sides, if you tend to carry a bag on one side, making sure you do swap over and just as much as you can, try to stay central and in alignment or swap sides so that it's equal in terms of what you're carrying. You could also, if you go running, try having like a bum bag or a waist bag rather than carrying something in your hands. Like if you tend to carry a phone or carry a drinks bottle that can sometimes create a bit of an imbalance on one side just because we're holding that arm slightly differently and even when you're running it's common to look at your watch as well if you're following any kind of app that's giving you like a workout or you're just checking your pace checking your heart rate it's quite common these days to be running with like one arm cocked out to the side which is something I've noticed myself do sometimes to be just when you're checking your watch you're seeing what's going on it then just throws you out of alignment a little bit as well. So if you notice you're doing that, just bring yourself back to running centrally. Have a drink before you go out if you can, like leave the bottle somewhere or have it clipped onto you if that's possible. And if you're carrying keys and phone, getting a little bag that just clips around your waist to put those things in or putting it into the side pocket of your trousers or in your jacket, that can help to just make sure you're running nice and centrally. And then... Doing single leg and single arm exercises can really help to identify imbalances in the body. So these are things like doing step ups or lunges, split squats, balancing on one leg, testing one side compared to the other and single leg deadlifts. If you haven't done those, they are where you stand on one leg and then you basically tip your body forwards. So your chest is coming down until it's horizontal. You're still standing on one leg while doing this. And then you try and bring yourself up back to standing all under control while standing on one leg. Really good exercise to do. Any of those will help you to see, is there a difference from one side compared to the other? Is maybe my hip on one side is a bit more flexible or able to control the movement better? And that's helpful if you recognise that. Then you can work on the side that is more difficult. Spend a bit of time just practising on that side as well. Do both sides still, but spend a bit more time zoned in on the one that feels more challenging. See if you can even that out. 
at the gym as well you can do single arm bench press or single arm cable chest press single arm rows with dumbbells or on a cable machine and single arm overhead press with dumbbells as well is a really good one to do that you could do at home if you have dumbbells and that one identifies up is one arm stronger than the other is one arm feeling more in control can i do more repetitions or more weight on one side and if so spend a little bit of time on the other side strengthening that up we basically always want to train both sides of the body separately as well as doing double leg or double arm stuff but talking about single leg and single arm these are really helpful to do and focusing on building up the weaker side but also working the other side too but often people will do as many repetitions as they can on their good side and then they'll do their weaker side and it ends up being less so if you notice one side is stronger than the other start with your weaker side and do whatever that side can do on your stronger side too so if you can do a certain amount of repetitions on a certain weight with your weaker arm match that on the other arm even if you can you were able to do a lot more just stick with what the weaker side can do and that will help to just address that imbalance over time otherwise if you do as much as you can on both sides you end up maybe with a a bigger gap and more of an imbalance so by just sticking with what the weaker side can do over time that's likely to just even things out start nice and light and and build up strength on that but the single leg and single arm work is really good for your core as well really good for just general body awareness control and just evening things out so really good things to do and another really important thing particularly around menopause but at any time of life is warming up before you start exercise but in perimenopause i found with a lot of clients doing a longer warm-up is really likely to make a difference and this helps to get blood flowing into the muscles and joints and we need a little bit of time to do this we need to kind of build up gradually for five minutes preferably even 10 minutes if possible having said that don't let that put you off exercising if you're really short on time then two or three minutes is still great and do like a 10 minute workout and then you're done that's that's still better than doing nothing because you think you haven't got the time to do a 10 minute warm-up but if you do have the time five to ten minutes is really really helpful and it can be helpful too to see this as a bit of self-care like enjoying some gentle movement to start with easing yourself into the workout and then preparing yourself to get fitter and stronger once you're fully warmed up you could listen to something inspiring while you do it whether that's a podcast or some music and before you know it you're ready to go but that warm-up can hugely help versus just going straight into a run or a workout without having done a proper warm-up first and the details of the warm-up are quite important because that can be a bit ambiguous otherwise so i'm talking about if you're going out for a run for example or you're running on the treadmill in the gym preferably do a walking warm-up first for five to ten minutes so treadmill this is easy just walk on a one percent incline or more if you want to and just build up the pace if you're outside then it's really important to do a walk first outside as well before you go out and start running it's very easy to just go out the door and break into a jog especially if it's cold and you might not want to walk first but if you can do something in the house first, if it is cold outside and you just want to go out and just start running, then do something in the house like a mobility routine, um, which I'll talk about more in a second. 
and then maybe do some squats, some lunges, some uh, a little bit jogging on the spot or anything like that, and then go out the door and run. But don't just go out cold and start running. Either power walk outside or do something indoors first. Before workouts as well, if we're doing a strength workout, resistance training, in the gym or at home if you have the equipment, still do a little bit of cardio if you can before you start anything else. So start off nice and slowly on, for example, a rowing machine, cross trainer, treadmill or bike. And if you're at home, this could be just walking in the house, walking up and down the stairs and then do a mobility routine. And I'll explain that in a second. And also before you do a workout, once you've done the mobility routine, do a light warm-up set on the first exercise that you've got planned as well. And preferably do a warm-up set on each exercise if you're in the gym. So if you're doing leg press, for example, do a warm-up set first on like half of the weight or 50 to 75% of the weight that you're planning to lift. And then if you move on to bench press or chest press, same thing there. Do a warm-up set first on a lighter weight. And if every exercise, just one quick set on a weight that is 50 to 75% of what you can actually do will make a huge difference to just warm up that actual part of the body that you're about to then do the strength work with. And it just helps you to practice the move as well. If you're doing the exact same movement, but just with a lighter weight. So your body's being really well prepared to work in that position, using the right muscles in the right way. And then when you go and do your working set, then you've got everything prepared and ready to go. And you're much more likely to be able to do a little bit more weight and also do it really safely and reduce the chance of injury as well. If you're at home and you don't have that variety of weights that you're lifting, then doing just a body weight set. For example, if at home you've got a goblet squat with a kettlebell or a dumbbell, just do a body weight set of squats first for 10 reps to practice that movement. And if you have bench press or anything like that, you could just do some kneeling press ups, thinking about what will move my body in a similar kind of way to what I'm about to do with some weight. Can I do that with resistance bands? Can I do some light dumbbell work? Anything to just get the joints moving in a similar fashion, if possible, is really helpful. And you could also do a bit jogging on the spot, some swinging of the arms. If you Google dynamic arm swings, you'll see that on YouTube, just what you can do just to get the, the shoulder joint nice and warmed up and loose as well. And then this mobility routine that I've been talking about, this is on my Instagram page. And if you check out my Instagram page like soon, this episode is going out in October, end of October 2023. I posted one this week showing a little routine that you can do. But if you scroll through the page, it's something that I post every few months as well because it's really helpful to just be able to find and access. And it's an infographic and it has six different exercises that you can do. And they include child's pose. So just kneeling down, getting good stretch through your arms, lats, shoulders, back. And then you go into a cat stretch. So you're mobilizing the spine. Then you could also do downward dog, which isn't in that infographic, but it's a great one to do if you know downward dog from yoga. And then you go into Spider-Man hip stretches, which is really good for your hip flexors. And it's basically just kneeling down, bringing one leg up, and you feel the hip, the hip stretch happening. That's a terrible explanation, but it's in the infographic. And then kneeling rotations, also in the graphic, which gets you mobilizing your hips, your glutes, your spine, your shoulders. Really, really good one to do. And then glute bridges. And then standing up, touching your toes, 
squatting down after you've touched your toes and then standing up again that combined that that flowing routine is awesome for helping you to just loosen off those key areas that can often get tight and get aches and pains and niggles and it can take five minutes to do that and it's so so beneficial and you could even just do that on its own as well if you just want to get mobility work without a full session after even just doing that is fantastic to do something else that also helps a lot is to do your exercise without shoes on if possible so in the gym if you're allowed to do that if there's no rules on shoes on or off it's a great thing to do in the gym too obviously just being really careful that you're not going to get a dumbbell dropped on your foot so i wouldn't walk around the weights area without shoes on but if you take your weights and you go and stand or sit somewhere where it's, there's not people right next to you and you can do your workout in at least that part of the workout without shoes on then that is really helpful to do particularly if you're doing things like squats or step ups or any single leg work being able to contact the ground with your foot without having the big padded shoe in the way can really help to work those little stabilizing muscles in the feet and help with our proprioception in the foot and those little muscles tend to weaken over time because partly because they are stuffed in a shoe most of the time and we lose proprioception in our feet from roughly age of 40 onwards as well we start it starts to decline and it can make a big difference to our ability to balance and just our ability to move well as we get older if you are also training without shoes on your feet are going to get stronger and that provides a more strong stable platform for the rest of the body like going up into the ankles into the knees and the hips if your feet are in like a good a good position they're strong they're, the little muscles are working well then you're much less likely to get problems further up that chain too and of course if you're at home then it's easy to just train without shoes on and it's a great thing to do if at all possible and then I need to give a special mention here to the glute muscles. Our glutes in our backside are so key to protecting our knees and our back. And generally they just, they drive so much of the movement that we do. And they often switch off a little bit and become a bit lazy, a little bit inactive in our modern day world that we live in. As we sit down on our backside quite a lot, we don't really use those muscles as much as they're designed to be used. And they can then just get weaker over time. And that's when we tend to have issues with our knees because if the glutes are not working, then other muscles in the thighs have to do more work instead. And same with the lower back. Our glutes are supposed to do a lot of the work that helps us to lift things, carry, move well. And if the glutes switch off, sometimes our lower back has to do more work instead, particularly when we're picking things up and carrying stuff. And that's where we can often get stiffness in the back. So if you can do some glute work it's always going to be helpful especially if you run or do any other sports as well glute work glute activation could be just simply doing glute bridges on a regular basis so do a daily set of 10 or just do it in your warm-up routine you could then progress that to resistance band glute bridges where you've got that little band that hooks around your thighs and you have to then push your knees out into the band and that really activates the muscles in the, the outside of the glutes, which are really key to keeping your knees out in line and keeping everything just working well. Like Without those muscles working, our knees tend to cave inwards and that's where we get knee pain. We, we can potentially get injuries from that. You can also do crab walks, if you know what they are, with a band around your knees. So you're standing up, resistance bands, little thigh bands around the knees. You can do it around your lower leg as well and you're just stepping sideways and trying to keep tension on that band. And that 
kills the muscles in the in the glutes in a really good way makes them burn after a very short period of time and that's them switching on and activating which is a good thing you can also do single leg glute bridges and you can do hip thrusts in the gym and they're great ways of just keeping those muscles strong and activated and then core work is also really important to do so if we have a strong core our joints are likely to be stronger as well planks and side planks are two really good exercises for this that you can do at home or in the gym practicing them with really good technique as well because it's very easy to plank for a few minutes sometimes but do it badly whereas if you do it well with everything in alignment and you've got your stomach muscles engaged you've got your neck up so you don't let your back drop or your neck drop everything's nice and straight really tight it's actually a really challenging thing to do for more than a minute so plank side planks are even more challenging you can google what side plank is if unsure because it's otherwise takes me too long to explain it um but if you did a side plank and you make sure then too it's really helpful to ensure that your neck is in line with your body because people's heads tend to dip on that quite a bit too so it's just having that really good awareness of where's my body at the moment does it feel like it's in alignment when i look at the pictures of people planking and doing side planks do i think i'm doing that too could you do a side plank like facing a mirror if possible so you can check on your positioning they are brilliant to do there's so much more for your core as well but those are two nice and simple ones you can do anywhere and then if we're thinking how to help your shoulders if shoulders are stiff and painful which I, I know a lot of women particularly around perimenopause who experience shoulder pain one thing that can help is stretching the muscles in the chest and the front of the shoulder these often get quite tight due to us working at a desk driving being on our phones and computers we tend to do a lot of things like straight in front of us which tightens those muscles so one easy stretch that you can do to help with that is to put your arm up in a door frame and have your forearm against the door just a little bit higher than your shoulder and then basically push your body forwards and away from the door so that you're getting a stretch down your chest and shoulder this is on one of my infographics as well so if you check out my instagram page there is a useful stretches post that you can see that stretches on and it's a brilliant one to do and nice and easy as well a different way that you can stretch your chest is just to lie on a big gym ball stability ball lie with your head and your upper back on that ball and let your arms fall out to either side that's a lovely stretch for the chest and shoulders you can also do that if you have a long foam roller have that running down the length of your spine you're lying on it arms outstretched and that is also a great way to just lie there for even a couple of minutes just let that let gravity kind of gently stretch out the arms and shoulders and then we also want to try working the muscles in the upper back and the upper back muscles tend to be a little bit weaker than the chest muscles because of our modern lifestyle where we are doing a lot of things in front of us so you can help strengthen your upper back by doing things like any type of row with dumbbells or resistance bands basically any pulling movement with bands machines cables pulling towards you will strengthen the back and do a little bit more pulling than pushing if you are doing a workout and pushing movements would be your chest press your press-ups anything pushing forwards so we basically want to make sure if you are pushing forwards do a pulling movement as well at least one and that could also be things like lat pull down anything that is a pull is a great thing to do and if you can try and think about what muscles in your back you can feel working so if you're pulling a 
band towards you, for example, squeeze into your shoulder blades and try and really feel those upper back muscles and just doing that work at the end of each repetition. And then you can also just do some neck stretches as well, which can be really helpful for just that stiffness and tightness. Tilting your head from side to side is a nice simple one you can do. That is also on the useful stretches post in my Instagram, on my Instagram page. So check that one out. And with basically any exercise that you do, keep thinking about how is your body moving? How is it lined up at the moment? Is it in line? Is it straight and not tilted to one side? And keep awareness for just any imbalances in your position, strength, range of motion. And this can apply as well just to movement in general, like noticing how you're walking, how you're carrying things, how you're sitting and realigning if you notice I'm a bit out of alignment right now. Just getting back into like what feels optimal positioning can really help. And you can also do a little bit of stretching while, while waiting for the kettle to boil, for dinner to cook or even in the ad break while watching TV just doing one stretch or one movement like practicing your balance or practicing some squats or some press-ups and just noticing your position with those things too often with squats we might put more weight on one leg and with press-ups we might lean slightly to one side so it can be just a great experimental thing to do just seeing what can i do on either side like do i feel nice and central here what can i pick up on and just getting in tune with the body is a really powerful thing to do and so to sum this episode up, key points that we've talked about to help with joint health. Firstly, drinking enough water and getting enough sleep are really key. Eating oily fish or having an omega-3 supplement. Eating healthy fats, so at least one to two or two to three servings of healthy fats per day, as much as you can, is really helpful to do. Just lubricating those joints as well. Getting enough fruits and vegetables, a good variety, different colours, lots of vegetables in your day at dinner especially is a nice easy way to do it. And eating protein throughout the day. Protein in each meal will help a lot for repair of the body, of muscles, of uh, just everything that the body does. Basically repairing cells, protein is needed. So that will also help with various other factors of important things like keeping hold of muscle, supporting weight loss, helping you stay fuller for longer. Focusing on posture and alignment and warming up well before you exercise is really key. Focusing a little bit more on things like working your glute muscles, doing some single arm and single leg work and exercise with shoes off if you can do. And then just spending even 30 seconds or up to a few minutes doing any kind of stretches or exercise or movement practice just in those little windows of the day where there's a very short amount of time but you can do something something always beats nothing and if you're pushed for time making use of those little micro moments can make a huge difference and of course if you are in pain seeing a physio doctor sports massage therapist like some professional who can see you in person to just check on things is well worth doing it's very easy to put that off and just wait and hope things get better but if it doesn't get better within a few days i would go and see someone it's so so important to be able to keep moving well and retain our strength and fitness and if niggles and, and pains and aches in the joints start to get in the way of that then you you start to lose muscle and things just get harder to kind of get back on track after so the quicker you can get help and support with it the better you can feel and the, the quicker you can get back to just doing what really supports your health and fitness and well-being in the long term 
so you're well worth that time and money that it can take and sometimes just having someone look at your your position and, and tell you in depth like what your body needs is so valuable because it's hard to see it yourself sometimes but when you have someone else just guide you specifically it's well worth the cost that it may it may be so i hope that helps and if you have any questions if i can help you at all just let me know my email is hayley at hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on instagram or facebook via the links in the show notes if you haven't le- yet left that rating or review please do or share this episode with someone thank you again for listening and speak to you again soon thank you so much for listening to the podcast today i hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions if i can help you in any way please feel free to get in contact with me via my website hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on facebook or instagram and i would love to connect with you I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.